Hello and welcome to The Crude Report, a regular Argus podcast where we drill down into the latest developments in the global crude market. This week we will again be looking at the continued effects of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but this time from a West African perspective. We've seen in earlier episodes how Russia's aggression has led to some dramatic changes to crude flows in Asia and in Europe, not to mention some dramatic impacts on global crude prices. West Africa, of course, is a key producing region that sits on a shipping route between the two important demand regions and is therefore uniquely exposed to the various changes which have come about this year. Joining me today to discuss these issues is Andy Devine, a a senior reporter covering the West African crude market here in London. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Now, um, Russian crude is generally heavy and sour with a largely European customer base, certainly in the case of Urals while West African crude is mostly lighter and sweeter and travels largely to Asia. But despite this, there has been a significant shift in West African flows since Russia's war with Ukraine started in late February. Is that right? You're right. We've definitely seen some impact of Russia's invasion on West West African crude flows. The first I'd like to highlight is the reduction in West African flows to India, which is typically the largest export destination for, for Nigerian crude. And we're seeing Vortex estimate put West African flows to India around 200,000 barrels a day last month, and, and that marks around a two-year low. So we're definitely seeing some impacts there. With Europe no longer buying Russian crude in the spot market following the self-sanctioning in the region, we've seen the price of euros drop sharply. And we know that Indian Indian refiners have taken this opportunity to purchase discounted Russian crude. Um, and this has largely come at the expense of, of, of West African crude flows. And as you mentioned, despite some quality differences with Russian crude being a little sourer than most West African crude grades, Indian, we've seen the Indian refiners be able to adapt their slates and the large discounts have made it economically worthwhile to do so. And I mean, it's 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 obviously quite quite a hard thing to get an exact number on, but we've seen Russian or the we're hearing Russian Urals trading at discounts around maybe $30, $35 a barrel to the North Sea data benchmark. So pretty, some pretty huge discounts there. And in, India's largest refiner, IOC, typically uh, tended for sweet crude around once to twice a week prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And, and it would usually be taking West African cargoes in the award of these tenders. And we're now maybe seeing one tender a month. Uh, we, we saw the first one in a month last week and no, no crude was awarded in that tender. And we've also seen other Indian state-owned refiners such as MRPL also turn to Russian supplies at, at these steep discounts. All in all, when we look at the data, we've seen West African exports to India fall by around 60% when we look at the June year-on-year figures to that 200,000 barrel day figure recorded last month, while Russian, Russian exports to India have climbed from around 75,000 barrels a day to over 800,000 barrels a day when looking at that June year-on-year figure. A huge increase in volumes there of Russian crude to India. Yes, that is, that's clearly a, a, a dramatic change. Is, is this all just about India's buy-in? Uh, well, well, that's definitely the largest change we've seen. We've also seen a large drop in Chinese imports of West African crude, which have fallen around 35% to, to 640,000 barrels a day over the past over the past three months. But with with China reintroducing lockdowns over the in in late April and yeah having regional lockdowns over those periods, it's difficult to quantify the impact of Russia of the Russian invasion on China's crude imports versus what might be some Russian replacement of West African barrels. And again, when we look at the volumes, we see Chinese purchases of Russian crude, such as Urals and Espo, broadly unchanged over this period of about one million barrels a day. With China returning to the market now after these lockdown restrictions are being relaxed, we're likely to see the true 
the true impact of this discount of Russell crude in the in the Chinese market over the over the next month or two. And it's also worth noting that some of these Russian export figures might be somewhat ambiguous at the moment, but we should see, as I say, more clarity on that over the over the next couple of months. Okay, and presumably arbitrage economics are going to play their part in how much West African crude heads east. Yeah, that's definitely right. At the moment, we've got a high EFS and high freight rates relative to uh, relative to previous period, which may temper the return of Chinese demand to, to West African crude. So the front month EFS, which is the spread between ICE Brent futures and Dubai and Dubai swaps, indicates th- this indicates when crude priced against North Sea data may be more favourable to Dubai Dubai price crude. Sorry, the EFS had been hovering at around eleven twelve dollars barrel dollars a barrel premium in July compared with around a three or four dollar barrel premium in July last year. So this is obviously going to make West African crudes much less affordable for Asian buyers compared with some more regional alternatives like uh, crude from the Mideast Gulf, which is priced against Dubai. And yes, we also have freight, which is which is a factor too. And we've seen cost charter uh, very large crude carriers or VLCCs from West Africa to China. We've, we've, we've seen a pretty steep increase, maybe around 40% over the last two months, and that's reached levels around $20 a tonne. So yeah, both these EFS and freight factors are likely to make arbitrage barrels from West Africa less appealing to Chinese buyers as these lockdown rules are relaxed. So all of this suggests that West African crude has obviously lost some key buyers, which ordinarily would mean lower prices, right? But, but that's not what we're seeing, is it? No, you're right. That's not what we're seeing. And um, we've actually seen Nigerian and Angolan prices surge beyond record highs, with many Nigerian grades now, now trading at double-digit premiums to North Sea dated. Fortunately for sellers of West African crude, we've seen just insatiable demand for uh, sweet crude in Europe over the over recent months, which has stepped in in place of some of the Asian buyers, which they typically rely on. We'd usually expect around 30% of West Africa's exports to head to Europe, but Vortex data is showing this rise to around maybe 45% last month, a pretty steep increase there. Right, and what's driving that European demand? I mean, I think the key thing is probably the extremely high middle distillate and gasoline margins we've seen, which may have eased a touch over the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, these margins are still remaining way above where we've typically seen them in recent years. We're even seeing European refiners pick up pretty significant volumes of Angolan crude, which would ordinarily head for China. Most Angolan crude is a little heavier and sourer than Nigerian crude, which which under normal circumstances makes it less favourable with European refiners. Europe picked up around 300,000 barrels a day in June of Angolan crude, compared with volumes closer to 150,000 barrels a day earlier in the year prior to the Russian invasion. In a way, the European refiners have largely been pushed into buying these West African supplies, despite the huge increase in differentials we've seen due to such shortages of uh, crude supplies in the Atlantic Basin. In West Africa alone, we're seeing big problems with unplanned disruptions and outages at some of the key streams, including Fulcardos, Kuobo, Bonga, as, as well as a number of others. In the past, we've seen this sort of weigh on demand and then in turn differentials because buyers can turn to alternatives such as Libyan crude and and North Sea crudes and some other sweet crudes from the Atlantic Basin. But there's just such a shortage of alternatives at the moment. So in in, in Libya, we're seeing perhaps exports by around 50 to 60 percent, according to um, state-owned NNOC. In the North Sea, there's been maintenance works and there was also the threat of strike action, though that seems to largely resolved now. 
So, I mean, we, we've seen this pattern a lot, really, but Europe has basically stepped in to replace Asian buyers. And has that been seen across the board? Pretty much, yes. But with, with West African crude, as, as we see, largely relying on European buyers, there have been a couple of grades which have been left behind, which refiners in the region tend to avoid. So Nigeria Nusan, for example, is one with differentials for that largely unchanged since the start of the year. And Angolan Mostada is, is another, which hasn't fared as well as some of the other West African grades. And for comparison, We've seen some Nigerian grades up by around $10 a barrel since the since the turn of the year. Okay, so for most Nigerian grades anyway, the, the rises are quite significant. Um, would you say those high prices are, are sustainable at all? Well, as ever, a lot, a lot will depend on China. If we see Chinese demand for crudes in general return, and there are signs of that coming back that we're seeing already, then there's scope for West African sellers to benefit from that, even if there is a strong flow of Russian crude heading to China. But of course, there are recessionary fears in all parts of the world now, which could have a huge impact on crude demand globally. So it's difficult to say how prices will move going forward. But I would expect European Europe to continue to take uh, a larger share of West African crude than it has historically, regardless of these price increases we've seen. Thanks, Andy. As ever, it's uh, it's a dangerous subject trying to predict prices. But um, uh, thank you for joining us today. I'm, I'm sure we'll be returning to this topic in the in the near future. Thank you for having me. And until then, the insights of Andy can be found on a variety of Argus publications, including but not limited to Argus Crude, Argus Global Markets and our West Africa focused daily publication, the West Africa Oil Report. Please go there if you want to find any more information. And until then, thanks very much and goodbye. Thank you.